hard work every day Not a lazy mom, got no time to play Always on the go, you stuck on the flow But it's time for the show Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another amazing episode of Not For Lazy Moms We are going right into our Generational Wealth series with this episode today What is going on, Allie? Hey, good morning, you guys. I, I'm, you know, when you just like have a thousand things to do on your to-do list and you feel like you can get them all within done within 15 minutes and you're like, what was I thinking? Right. That's me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna hurt you. I would not be able to tell. Look, I, I've been up since seven o'clock. I told Allie um, last night, I was like, I am on Allie time now. I've been setting my alarm. And actually, now I'm actually waking up before my alarm. So, oh. yeah. What's You're up, going to bed earlier. That's helping a lot, too. Yep. Going to bed earlier, trying to do better about making sure I get some adequate sleep so that I can have the energy I need for all these businesses <laughs> and for this husband and my kids and everything else. So, it's been really good. How you feeling, babe? I feel good. Okay. A lot more energized this morning than the other morning. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, he's been working out. So some days, you know, getting back into that whole rhythm uh, where you get like really tired because mm-hmm. you're sore and then you feel energized because you're working out. So yeah, he's been really, you've been doing good with that. Thank you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really excited about today's episode because we're talking about brand building, you know, so building a brand is not just about selling a product or a service. It's more about providing an experience and creating a personal connection with your consumers. And there's clearly a reason that some businesses make it to the top and others fail. So I'm really excited about our guest today. We have Ronnie Brown, who is a branding expert. She's a professional speaker, author, mentor, wife, and a mother of four. (laughs) She is not a lazy mom. (laughs) Yes, she's amazing. And she is the founder of Girl CEO. She has another company called Holistic, which is a clean lifestyle and beauty brand for women who prioritize self-care. And she's the author of a best-selling book, From Mopping Floors to Making Millions. Everybody, welcome, Ronnie. What is going on? Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. We are excited because we've been doing, we actually had a request when we were on our Wind Down Wednesday. We do Wind Down Wednesdays on our YouTube channel. And Mm -hmm. people were like, oh, can y'all cover topics about building generational wealth? So every other week we've been having a special guest on where we're talking about different aspects of building generational wealth. And I thought of you, Ronnie, because I just admire the way that you just go. And I love the way that you inspire people. Your following is so strong, but the message that you deliver is not just about your businesses, but it's about you as a person. And that's why I can tell, like, even with me, that's what draws me to you. So I would love to talk more about that and to really help the people out there who want to be like you. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) So, um, you know, I have Not For Lazy Moms. I also have a new company called Me Leave Essentials. Um, Then we have the podcast, which is an extension of Not For Lazy Moms. Allie has a branding and marketing uh, and consulting company. Um, Allie, you can tell us about your company. 
Oh, yes. So, I mean, first off, Ronnie, I am so excited because I feel like especially, you know, we can all learn from each other, even though we're kind of in the same field. It's all about collaborating, learning, teaching each other. Um, And for those listening, make sure you hop on our YouTube channel to see Ronnie's background, because to me, like what you're sitting in front of, I'm reading some of the signs behind you. And they're so (laughs) motivating and fun and fantastic. So I love those as well. Um, So, yeah, my business is K&A Brand Consulting. So we always tell people, you know, maybe you can make the best cupcakes, right? They're so delicious and, and they're the best, but now what, right? Like how do you market your cupcakes? How do you let people know that you're selling this delicious dessert? So that's kind of where we come in. We help you build your brand, you know, as what we'll talk about today, everything from logo to making it consistent with your brand message, your social media landscape, everything. So yes, yeah. Before we get into it, I would love for you to talk about your your background. And um, I love your book, uh, From My Being Floors to Making Millions. I mean, it's a true testimony. So I'll go ahead and let you take the floor and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, first and foremost, I'm from Washington, D.C. So shout out to all of my D.C. people. Um, I'm raised in D.C. I graduated from Dunbar Senior High School. Uh, I grew up in the projects of Washington, D.C., and I was a teen mom. um, And I decided that um, I was not going to let that stop me. Right. Um, Growing up young, a lot of people told me because I had a kid young at 16 years old that I had pretty much threw my life away. And I spent most of my years deciding uh, what the trajectory of my life was going to look like. And that's exactly what I started to do. I started to build. I started to grow my business and I started to just really get out there and figure out uh, what building a business was about. Um, By the time I was 26 or 25 years old, I believe I had three children at that time. And um, I was working really hard. And I got really tired of the chaos that women experience when working in corporate America as a mother. Uh, Not many people talk about that, what you deal with if you have children and doctor's appointments and field trips and assemblies and Uh, Even when applying for a job, seeing women almost be fearful with sharing that they're actually moms in fear that they may not get a position because the first thing people think about is this person's probably going to have to go to doctor's appointments and school stuff and all that good stuff. And I remember losing my job one day. Um, I was nine months pregnant and I believe I was two minutes late. And I was driving there and I got into work and I was two minutes late and I was literally, you know, probably at the lowest point in my life. Right. I don't know about you guys, but that low point is where it feels like everything that can actually be going wrong in your life is going wrong. And what I personally discovered is when I've been in those situations, those were moments when God was really building me up and I was just really finding myself. So I was really at the lowest place. I got there and they told me that they had to fire me. It was around Christmas time. It was probably the most embarrassing thing that I ever experienced. And I remember um, getting on my knees, pregnant and begging this lady to allow me to keep my job because I had children. I could not afford to go home, not knowing where my next check was going to come from. And girlfriend told me that I could stay and three o'clock came around and she hit me with the okie doke. <laughs> and she called me in the office and told me that they had to go in a different direction. She let me work the entire day. And then she told me that they had to change their mind. 
And I will never forget riding home. My tags were dead. I probably had less than $300 in my bank account. And I rode home with the radio off of my car. And I don't know about y'all, but when you ride home with that radio off and you are riding in complete silence, that is when everything starts going through your head. And I told myself, I said, this is the last time that I will allow my income to be in the hands of someone else. No one else will control my destiny or put me in a position like this with children. And that there was where my entrepreneurial journey started. I went home. I remember launching my first product line and I started to build. I was so broke. I could not afford a website. This was back in 2009, by the way. Um, Facebook was fairly new. Most of the people that were using it, they were college graduates or college students. I didn't go to college, couldn't afford college. I went for a week and realized that I had to pick between college and getting pampers for my son. So he had to go with paying for the pampers. All right. Um, and I just said, that is it. I went on uh, Facebook and I was broke as ever, could not afford a website. And this is back in the day. So if you're listening to this, this is probably going to tell my age, but PayPal used to have these things called PayPal buttons. And you could literally create these little buttons and you could paste them wherever and they would generate a link for people to buy products from you. So I went on PayPal. I made these little buttons. I started pasting them all over Facebook. And that is when I started to get sales. And I realized that I can use social media to make money. Wow. wow. What kind of products were you selling? I was selling the same. It's so crazy. Holistic is almost, it's a mirror of the business I started in 2009, but I was so broke. So it was beauty products. It was candles. It was skincare. Um, it was makeup. It was all of the things that you see me actually creating now with Holistic, now that I actually have the funding um, and, and the experience to create and build a company out the right way. Wow. You, you know, it's crazy. I'm so glad that you hit on when you went through your lowest point because so many people go through low points in their life and they really don't know which way to turn. And a lot of people try to encourage them, but they're not actually going through it. So that person that's going through that low point, they're still trying to figure it all out. So I'm glad you explained how you got through it and you made your mindset up and, you, and the way you fought through it. It's an amazing yeah. story. I always say the biggest opportunities come out of those low points. Oh, it's like, I remember being in a position where I clearly heard a message from God and I felt like almost hopeless. And mm -hmm. God said, I needed you here. I had to take all of the fight out of you so that you would listen to me. And yeah. I would forget that moment that was life changing for me. It's those low moments where you have to sit back and say, am I going to sink or am I going to swim? Mm -hmm. so I decided to swim, clearly. And, and also those, those low moments actually force you to depend on God and stop depending on everybody else. Yes. And I think that we all go through, I tell people this, we go through three pivotal moments in our entire lives. And I think that we have a moment one where it's the huge transformational moment. That was my first transformational moment. Um, I think that, you know, after that, I went through my second transformational moment. And I believe that watching it all unfold and then pour back into others, that is like my third transformational moment. So, you know, it is really one of those things where you, we have to understand that sometimes we operate best under pressure and uh, some moments where we have to start completely over. 
right? You don't understand why you have to do that, but you have to build your own presence. You have to show people that you have the strength. God says, let me remove you so no one can take credit because in this season, you are going to be the only person who can get credit. It's going to be me and you, right? God is like, I'm going to get the glory for this season right here. Before they said that they put you on, but this time I'm going to put you on, right? And it was just crazy for me because I was so embarrassed to come home to my children. You know, when you're coming home and you're unemployed, you're trying to fake smile, mom voice, and inside you're breaking down. And I will never forget my accountant told me, she said, look around your house at what you spend most of your time and money on and build a business around that. And I remember coming home and I didn't have anything in my house, but I had a whole bunch of cosmetics. I had a whole bunch of candles. I always doing my makeup. I wanted to be glam. I love skincare products. My whole sink was full of different skincare. And I said, you know what? This is my lane because as a mom, my vacation is taking care of me. And that is the first company that I built. And I hustled my tail off to build that business. Yeah, well, first off, you just like reminded me of the moment. Um, I think we all have those, as you said, those low moments. I, I was I used to be in radio um, and I'll never forget when I was fired and they took my parking pass and they had to escort me out. Right. Yeah. They had to walk me out like I was going to like do something or whatever. Like it's bad enough. It's as you said, embarrassing enough to get fired, but to be escorted out by security, they take away my parking pass. So as I'm leaving the parking attendant, usually I just show my parking pass. I didn't have one. And so she wouldn't let me leave because I didn't have a parking ticket. So here I am, I was just fired. And not only do I not have a pass, I don't have a ticket. I feel like my life is, you know, I have my kids at home. I'm like, what now? And it's it's those moments, you're right, that you just got to take hold of your life and figure out, you know, what's next. And I, I do want to go into um, something you said, how you started your business with, you know, $300 in your bank account. And as you said, you have to pay for diapers and stuff. What advice do you have for people who are like, well, how do you, you know, I don't, if I, I feel like I don't have the funds to start something, what do you say to them? Yeah, I say that you have to get really creative and you have to get very innovative. And let me give you an example, because I hate when people just say stuff like that, but they don't really break it down. Right. Right. When I was in that transitional moment, the first thing that I had to do was lose my ego. Right. When we are in a transitional moment, sometimes we come from here and and often we have to come back down here just to get to here. Right. We'll, We'll start here. We'll drop down here, but the drop down is just to take you back up here. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that, you know, I came from this corporate America world, right? Of course, I wanted to jump out here, start a product line and be a millionaire tomorrow. That That is not how the story went. And that is normally not how the story goes. Right. If someone tells you that's how the story goes and they're normally full of, you know what, okay. <laughs> I don't know, PG-13 show, but um, they're normally lying. All right. So to be very transparent with you, that was one of my most humbling seasons. Y'all know that when you in that struggle season, you will definitely be humbled. So I suggest offering a service. The best thing that we can give is our time and our service and is one of the most valuable things. So when I got fired from that job, believe it or not, I came home with a vision to build a product line, but building product 
lines, they cost money. Yes. So you know what I did? I had a friend who had a nonprofit organization and they needed someone to come and clean the office on a weekly basis. And they were willing to pay me a few hundred dollars a month to clean an office. I wasn't interested in cleaning. It was something I absolutely hated. I was desperate. I was low. I was in a very low place. But because I needed to fund my business and pay my bills, I took it. Myself and my children, I would sit them downstairs. I would go in each room, each kitchen, and I would clean someone's house. It was like an office, but it was like a, like a residential office almost. And I cleaned that place to make money. So here's some ideas. Think about some services that you can provide to people. It doesn't necessarily have to be a janitorial position. Uh, people are looking for customer service positions. People are looking uh, for people to run errands for them during the day. So you can, you're actually providing a service. You're not, you don't have to have a product. You don't have to do shipping and fulfillment. Um, so those are the directions that I would suggest going in, especially if you're good with social media. Social media management is one of those spaces where people are like, I don't have time for this. I'm not creative enough for this. Uh, do you know somebody that can do this for me? And if that's you, jump on in there. Honestly, Ronnie, I love what you're saying because my husband and I, we both became self-employed at the same time um, and decided to start our own businesses. And we both said it's a very humbling experience, right? Like you have to put your ego aside and do things that maybe you wouldn't normally do. As you said, you didn't want to clean the office, but you looked at that money as a way to build your business that you wanted to build. Yeah, I have a quick question. How long did you actually clean the office before you basically broke away from that? And kind of did your own thing full time. I believe it was about six months to a year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. About six months to a year. <laughs> a somewhat similar story. Um, so when I moved to DC, I moved here to pursue music, and I was lucky to have um, my entertainment my entertainment attorney, who basically took me in and was like, "Look, you can work for me. I'll teach you the music industry. I'll give you all the information that I know." And then by me working for her, my schedule was flexible enough where I could go to New York and record on the weekends or I had studio time even in D.C. locally. And I was able to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. So when I moved down here, my dad and my mom were actually paying for everything. Mm -hmm. Me and my sister, my sister was in school at Howard University and I was pursuing my music, but I was still, you know, working for my attorney. So I wasn't making like enough to like support myself. It was just like enough to kind of live for, you know, all of the other things that my parents weren't paying for. So my parents were paying for our car note and the car insurance. They were paying for the rent and utilities at the place we were living at. And they were giving us spending money to pay for food, clothes, whatever it is that we needed every month. Well, you but, have the parents, by the way. <laughs> they were holding it down until they decided to get divorced. <laughs> they got divorced and all the finances came tumbling down. They called my sister and I and said, you know, well, my dad ended up calling us. So <laughs> it's a crazy story. My dad calls us and says, listen, um, we're, you know, since we're getting divorced, I had started doing a whole reconstruction project of our bathroom, remodeling the bathroom at the house that we grew up in. He said, I was not expecting that now I'm going to be living off of only my income and your mom is pulling her income and we're, we're, we're done. He said, so I can't afford to continue paying y'all's bills. So I'm just letting you know that 
the repo man is going to be coming for that car that y'all been driving and y'all got to figure it out. It was literally like that. It was like, y'all got to figure it out. Me and my sister looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? <laughs> so uh, literally a few days later, car was gone. We are in Greenbelt, Maryland living and had no way to get around. We didn't have any, like, I mean, my parents were paying for everything. So I couldn't go to work with my uh, entertainment attorney. I had no way to get there. So my sister's in school. We had to come up with a plan. So she said, look, I'm in school. I can't work right now. But, you know, we can figure something out. I'm going to start taking the metro to get back and forth to school. She said, you're going to have to find a full-time job and figure out how you're going to get there. So I worked in banking when I was in high school. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to a bank. I'm going to apply to bank and see if I can be a bank teller because I'm great at counting money. So I found this, uh, this bank that was looking for someone. They were only paying $10 an hour. And can, we, like, can we just talk about how people think that if you work at the bank, you make money? Thank you. Thank it, you. They think that I work for Bank of America. Keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> it took me, I had to basically walk from our house, which we, I mean, our apartment, we lived in the darn hood. <laughs> so I'm like walking by myself from the apartment all the way to the metro station. I got on the metro, which took me to uh, what's the one um, uh, the one uh, that takes you to Annapolis. Uh, darn it. I can't think of the name of the metro station. It's around exit 19, uh, whatever that metro station is. But it took me to that metro station. I would then have to get on the bus and ride the bus from there to PG Community College. For a 10-hour walk from PG Community College to M&T Bank, which was uh, probably like a 10-minute walk. The price of your metro tickets and your bus tickets was how much you were like, you were like breaking even. <laughs> I was literally working to break even. But let me tell you how good God is. I would have to get up at five in the morning, get to the metro station by six. It took me two hours to get to work. My shift didn't start till 8.30 a.m., but I was getting there at eight o'clock. And it took me two hours. But if I had a car, it was a 15 minute drive. But but I said, you know what? It's all good. At least I have a job. At least I'm getting there on time. My sister told me, she said, you need to use that time on the metro and on the bus valuably. Use that time wisely. She said, get a book and make sure you're reading something that's going to help you get to the next level. I picked up a book called Million Dollar Habits by Brian Tracy. I read that book every day. I read that book probably five times. And I finally got to the point where I would have great relationships with the people that came in who I was, you know, doing their deposits for. I remember one time I was so just like trying to figure I had $20 in my account and I needed the $20 because that's what got me to work every week. It cost me $20, right? So I'm sitting there like, do I use the $20 to get to work or do I use the $20 to eat because I'm hungry? And there would be times where I took breaks and they'd be like, are you going to take a lunch break? No, because I ain't got nothing to eat. <laughs> Couldn't afford to go get something to eat. So this one day I was sitting there like, God, when is this going to end? This is ridiculous. You know, Cameron Seafood, the guy who was the manager, he would always come in and he That's had, spot. yes, he would come in and have these huge deposits and I would get him out quick. And he appreciated that. One day he came in. He said, I have a surprise for you. I was like, what? The same day where I'm looking at this $20 in my account. He said, I have a surprise for you. I said, what? He had this huge platter that he bought 
And he said, I bought this for you. You can share it with your coworkers if you want. I said, to hell with that. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't sharing nothing. <laughs> I got my butt on that Metro with this big old seafood platter. I walked down the street with that. Thing. We have no shame. Got home, saw my sister. I said, guess what? <laughs> we got dinner. <laughs> I had no shame when people say, and, and even people that watch me now, when they're like, you're just so real because I've been through some real moments and I have no pride. I have no ego. I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to survive. And I have no shame in that. So yeah. I wanted to share that because it just reminded me. And also during that time, I had friends who had beautiful homes and condos. And I actually asked one of my friends, I said, look, can I clean your condo? I'm yeah. really good at cleaning. I actually enjoy cleaning because that's what I do whenever I have stuff in my mind. I could use the extra money. Would you mind? And he said, sure. I would love that because I need it around here. So I'm like, all right, great. So yeah. I used to clean his house sometimes once or twice a week. And I would be able to take that money and use that to help with my expenses to get back and forth to work or to buy food. I had no problem with that. I would be up in there. To this day, he still has pictures of me with my little do-rag on my head. And I was <laughs> in his kitchen scrubbing the floor. And he said, I got, these, I got these shots that just in case I need them in the future. I said, you can show them. I don't care. But I did what I had to do to survive. And like you said, acts of service. Do something that will get you the income. Put the pride aside. And just know where you're going, know where your future is going to look like. And don't worry about what you're going through at the moment because it's just a part of the process. So, yes. For sure, for sure 100%. And going off that, you know, something that are my, you know, I've had clients that say to me before, I'm like, well, how do you get your clients? And they're like, well, we're struggling right now because we're just hoping that it's word of mouth and stuff. And I'm like, well, what have you put into your business? Do you have a logo, a website, an LLC even? And a lot of times people forget to invest in themselves, right? They think that clients will just come, income will just come, but you need to invest in yourself first and do those little things to build your business so it creates some credibility with your business. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I, I, can, I, can I speak on that real quick? Yep. I, actually, I'm glad you said that, investing in yourself. My situation is a whole lot different. You know, I played the NFL and never really worked a job before that, but I looked at myself as a business and mm -hmm. basically kind of brand myself, you know, Absolutely. always keep a good reputation, you know, not getting in any trouble. Also taking care of my body, the food that I ate, the way I trained, because, you know, basically I knew that particular time in my life was going to be a short period that I can make all of this money. And then once I'm done, I have to live off this money. So I kind of looked at myself as, you know, a business and branding in myself. Yeah. yeah, you are your own brand. I mean, when you were in the NFL and stuff, like, that's your brand building and it's yourself. Absolutely. People don't realize Chris was 33 when he retired. Yeah. 33 when he retired. That is insane. That means that for the rest of his life, hopefully he'll live to be 100 years old. But for those next 67 years, he needs to live off of what he made during those, what, 10 years of playing professional ball. And also, I can't stand when people say, for any guy that makes it to the NFL and then they step on that stage and then they get this $40 million contract, which most times they don't even see all of the money because it's not fully guaranteed, but they step on the stage, they get these huge contracts and then people say, oh yeah, they just became instant millionaires. Overnight, well, yeah. he's been working on this his entire life. He's yeah. been playing football since he was what? Four, five, four. four. 
So yeah. you didn't just happen to win the lottery and pick the right numbers. You yeah. must, you're like, I mean, I can't even imagine how hard you, you worked. Yeah. And I think that people see entrepreneurship the same way. And it's really um, because of social media right now. Sometimes social media can have you looking at people and you think they just blew up overnight, but you don't see that. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm 11 years in of building businesses and growing relationships with people. You know, 90% of your business is relationships that you establish with people. And that's what a lot of people fail to realize. So I think that we need to show more of the process. That's what I strive to do on my page more, showing people more behind the scenes of me building, me having to go into my warehouse when employees are no call, no show, because that's the reality of running a company. It's not just standing in front of a big house and a swimming pool and going shopping and going on fancy vacations. Um, That's probably your 10 year later life. But your first five to seven years is you busting your behind. And honestly, Ronnie, that's such a good point and a great tip for business owners is to show those authentic behind the scenes moments on social media. Like people always think of content has to be the perfect product, but it's also your team building it. You know what it's like behind the scenes. Yeah, I was just actually talking to my husband about that today. Not, Not today, the other day. Um, with Mila Eve Essentials. So I'm getting all of these orders in and I don't have like this huge team. It's been me and my assistant packing orders or me by myself. And then sometimes I'll have some friends come over and I'll pay them by the hour to help me pack up orders and, and, yeah. and get things, you know, up and out. But I'm like, this isn't something that I can just like not do. Like I put it out there, the business is up and running. If somebody has an order come in, if that means me staying up to 4 a.m. getting all these orders fulfilled, then that's what I have to do. And but then you- my best to establish some type of rhythm and routine so that I'm not overwhelming myself. But um, but I remember I had a few weeks ago a whole hiccup with a huge shipment that had like so much of what I needed to fulfill hundreds of orders. And uh, the shipping company, the shipping service lost my pallet. And I literally was in tears. I was so emotional. But I said, you know what? Let me communicate with everybody as much as I can. I sent blast emails to everybody that had an open order. I got on Instagram. I explained to them what the situation was. And then I just gave them step by step. Once they found the um the pallet, I'm like videoing the, the truck pulling up. I'm like excited. Like and I, oh my God, the feeling. Because my first thought was, if people start asking for their money back, I can't tell them, no, I got to give them their money back. But guess what? I spent $30,000 on a huge shipment that's going to fulfill those orders. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So now I was I was panicking. I was like, if they start asking for refunds, then I got to give them their money back. Plus, I just invested all of this into this huge shipment. Now I got to have I'm going to have too much. I'm going to have like I will be like my, my business will be bankrupt before it even gets going. And you'll probably so, lose those customers forever. too. Right. But honestly, Monique, like how you handle that and conveyed it in such an authentic way to your customers was, I mean, what brands and businesses and stuff should be doing on social media, like to show the behind the scenes of you and your friends and, you know, your family, your kids packing the the boxes. So when, when a customer gets the box, they know, oh my gosh, like Milani was putting the, the filler in this one or something like that. But then to convey the problem, but also show the payoff of, yes, it's here. Like yeah. to me, you're building that loyalty and that trust and that helps grow your brand. Yes. Yes. I want to know um, w- with you, Ronnie, 
what would you say would be those important tips, those important steps, um, rather, for building a successful brand? Like, what are the main ingredients that some people are probably lacking and don't realize why their businesses aren't taking off because they have no real brand behind it? So what would you say those steps should be? Well, I would say that the first thing that's really important is to make sure that you have um, some level of passion for what you're doing and you're just not doing it for profit. You know, uh, often we see people create businesses just for money. And what happens is when you hit a tough spot, when you hit a rock, when something doesn't go right, uh, you instantly see that business just kind of disappear. Right. You ever see someone and every time you turn around, it, there's a different business and nothing is um, long term and they're always starting and stopping and starting and stopping. So just making sure the passion is there because the passion is what you're going to need to fuel yourself when things are not working out in your favor, when the sales are not coming through, um, when you're not getting the income that you want to get. So that's the first thing is passion. The second thing I would definitely suggest is just making sure that we have a community. <laughs> okay. Wow. I could talk about this for days, but um, a lot of people go straight into selling products and they don't have anyone to sell to. So have you actually taken the time to build a community? Another thing that I've noticed is people don't have the patience to build a community and they don't have the credibility. So when you don't have patience and you don't have credibility, then people are not going to buy from you because buying is a psychological thing. There's a level of trust that people have to have with you before they actually decide to buy from you or work with you, right? Outside of running my two companies, of course, I'm the CEO of Girl CEO, right? It is the playground for female entrepreneurs and we work with tons of women on growing their businesses to six and some we work with to grow it to seven figure brands um, what i tell them all the time is to really make sure that they have established a solid foundation and a solid community and don't rush to sell before you have uh the community right i tell people that selling is like dating Right. When you meet someone for the first time and you go on a date for the first night, do you trust them? Let's be honest. No, you don't know that person. Right. You have to get to know them. What do you have to do? You have to date them. You have to be consistent. You have to communicate. Right. That's what that's what people look for in relationships. So we have to understand that the way that we date in relationships, we have to date our customers. Right. Do they see you enough? Are you popping up on their timeline? Are you communicating with them? Are you commenting back when they comment to you? Do they see you often? Are you going live? Have you all developed a relationship? This is really, really important because once that is established, then there's trust, right? And then we can buy your product. But what I see when working with a lot of um, women in business is that there is such a rush to sell. And you, know, there are, you put something out there and it's crickets, because you did not take the time to build a relationship. And social media is just getting so interesting right now. You know, everybody's a coach. You know, that's the thing. So it's just like, yeah, you know, I, we have people saying, yeah, just go create a, a business and charge $10,000, right? You want to do a big ticket offer. And I always tell people, look at the person that you're receiving information from. What is their business outside of, telling you what to do, right? Do they have products? Do they know how to sell products? Because it's really easy to say, go sell a product. But have you ever sold a product? Do you know how to sell 500 products? Because that looks a little different. So I tell them, 
don't rush to make the sale. Rush to connect with your audience. Rush to solve a problem. Rush to be a solution to someone else. Rush to build a community and then start the selling. So those are just my my biggest tips for building a brand um, and making sure that we understand that building a brand is like building a reputation. It takes time. Yes. Yes. I remember the first time I met Ronnie, we were at Fox for Good Day. Yes, I'm five. <laughs> and I think it was after my first season on Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, so I met you when I was doing press for season three, which was my second mm-hmm. season. And Ronnie said something to me that instantly I went right on my phone and I started following her. She said, make sure when you're doing your social media that you're actually building a true following. She said, there, it's not about having a bunch of followers. It's yeah. about building a true following, making sure that people connect with you on a real level. And I was like, absolutely. It was like that That just made me like, wow, this, this woman is brilliant. And I watched her segment as well. I was like, she's brilliant. Like the way your mind worked, I was like, okay, I need, I need more of that. I need more of that, that sisterhood. I need more of that, um, that just the advice that you give and how you speak to people. You are very cool. You are very confident. Your aura draws people um, who, you know, when you're like-minded as well, your aura just kind of draws people in. And I was very just interested. I'm like, I need to know who she is. Like you, you just seem different to me, you know, from a lot of people. So I just, I love that about you. And I appreciate you being here today. It's been a long time coming. I wanted you to be a part of uh, one of our live events, but that was during a time where I was going through some, uh, some mess. (laughs) (laughs) Season five was a mess. So I ended up canceling that last segment of the live podcast. But I'm so grateful that you're here today and I enjoy following you. So anybody that's listening, make sure you check her out on Instagram. She's at Ronnie Brown, R-O-N-N-E Brown. Her company, Herlistic, H-E-R-L-I-S-T-I-C. You can visit her website and she also has a social media for Herlistic. Um, her platform, Girl CEO, is just, I mean, Girl CEO Inc., right? Yeah, it's Girl CEO, yeah. Girl CEO is just, it's amazing. I mean, the, the, the way you motivate people, I love that you don't just post a picture, but you have a story behind each picture, and you're not trying to sell some facade of a life. It's what you're truly living, and you've been through so much. That's why your testimony is so strong, and that's why people are drawn to you. So I just appreciate having that type of um, that energy and for bringing that to the show today. That was amazing. Thank you so much. I, I think it's important that, you know, we are a little more transparent and authentic with our journeys. And I think that when we don't do that, you know, we rob from other people because it's the reason why so many other people are giving up so quick because not, we're not really showing the real process. We A lot of people show the glitz and glam. But, you know, I, I'm very intentional with making sure that I tell people that they there are days and there were days where I would wake up and I wouldn't have one sale. And there it was zero just to make sure that people know that it's not always fabulous and fancy and just pulling up old photos and showing the process. So I just want to encourage everyone that's here listening, you know, to show the worst days. Right. Don't just get on social media when you're happy and you're in your best mood. I get on and I'm like, okay, guys, this is my day to dump on you because you guys are always dumping on me. Let me tell you how I'm having a crappy day today and something I'm going through just because you guys may look at me and think it's perfect. So I think it's really important that we show that as well. Wow, that's amazing. 
I, before we go, I would love to know how do you balance your work life, business life, and then mom life? You have four beautiful children. Um, being a wife, how do you balance all of that? Do you have your like children helping you pack up orders, or what is that like? Yeah, so my children are one hundred percent, you know, involved in helping me and just really being there to just encourage me. Believe it or not, my kids are my biggest motivators, right? My my children have watched me hustle every day of their lives. My oldest son, he'll be 21 this year. And he remembers my entire journey. My daughter, she's about to be 18 in a few weeks. And she remembers my journey. And they're, they all have seen me go from this caterpillar to a butterfly. You know, I didn't always live in uh, the suburbs and they remember when we lived in the projects in DC, right? So my children, they, they just always tell me, mom, um, thank you. But not even just saying thank you, just getting in there with me. There are times where when you're running a company, your employees, things happen. And they don't show up, but people are still expecting their orders. People are still expecting their service. Uh, I remember Christmas Eve, we were at the warehouse dancing. I posted a video on my page and my kids and I were dancing. But my kids, they they don't have a consumer mindset. They have um, the owner mindset. So on Christmas Eve, we're in the warehouse and we're having fun and we're shipping our orders. But that has become the norm to my children, understanding that we are building a legacy and that our priority is to make sure that our customer service is always where it needs to be. So, yeah, we got to lace up our boots. We have to go in there and work. And I pay them because I want to just make sure that they understand that when they are working, they are to be compensated. So I pay them to go in and work and we get the job done. That's absolutely amazing. And I love it because you're literally the definition of building generational wealth. And that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> so I love it that the kids can actually see that, observe that. And yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. All right, Allie, what, what tips are we going to give to the people? I, mean, I was just thinking, every Ronnie, you've provided so many valuable, like, just so, so much value has been in this podcast of, of advice and encouragement and, you know, everything from, from patience. Like to me, patience is so important. You know, so often we send an email and respect a response within two seconds from, you know, from that client to say, yes, they'll sign a contract or whatever, but it takes time. Everything takes time. And I think, I think another tip that you mentioned, which is so important is just like, pausing the push to sell and focus on really building a relationship. Don't just check in to push a product. Check in because you want to see how everyone's doing, what's going on, because you care, right? Like, let me get my offering. Let me throw some of this offering over to you. (laughs) Like, if if you know a customer has something coming up or, you know, one of your long-term loyal clients has something coming up, maybe a birthday, or maybe, you know, someone in their family is not doing well or something like check in and be genuine about it. Be, be genuine. Um, you just, you just said so many valuable things that I I'm very appreciative of you being here today. You were awesome. Yeah. And I always tell people be proactive, not reactive. And that's exactly what you're saying, Allie. We want to make sure that we're not waiting until the customer complains to say, hey, what's wrong? We want to say, hey, just checking to see how everything went. Did you, did you like what you got? You know, how would you rate it from a one to 10? All right. I just want to say I appreciate you shopping with me. So just taking that extra step is really important. Absolutely. These days, I swear it's like customer service 
has gone so downhill. So when you do find a company that really puts energy into customer service, it's like, I'm going to throw you coins all day. I'm just going to be buying stuff just to buy stuff because I appreciate that you actually hear me and you care about whatever it is I'm going through. So I take that very seriously. And not only that, but there are so many businesses that probably do what you're doing so they can easily go elsewhere. So if you focus on that relationship, then they have a loyalty to you. They would never go elsewhere because they know that, you know, how you treat them. And believe it or not, um, at Girl CEO, when we ship out stuff, our team, our shipping and fulfillment team at our warehouse, we actually call every customer that shot with us in that month. So we have, they break the calls down when we pick up the phone and every customer's call and we thank them, see how everything went. So yeah, it's definitely uh, one of those things where my team is just like, dang, we still got to call people. I'm like, yeah, we old school, baby, but we are going to dominate this. Don't worry. I love it. I I appreciate that. I'm going to use that. (laughs) That's great. Oh, I love that. Look, I'm writing that job right now. And call too. So when I'm on the other line, they're like, oh my God. Yes. Call me? Like it shocks them every time. Yeah. I I had a customer call and she called into Mila Eve. I answered the phone. Like, and I tell people all the time on social media, I'm like, when y'all are emailing or calling, I'm, it's me that's responding. It's like some people be like, I know this isn't Monique, but tell her I said hi. I'm like, it is Monique. Hello. (laughs) And they're like, oh my God. So a customer called and we were on the phone for 10 minutes and she was just shooting the breeze and just talking, didn't realize who she was talking to. She just was like calling and asking about order um, oils, which oil would be good for this, that, or the other. And I'm like, oh, I use this for my son. Once I said that, she said, wait, is this Monique? I said, yeah. She said, what? All this time I've been talking to you? It was just so funny. You probably went crazy at that point. <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. And we just... The whole time we're just talking, she had no idea. And yeah. when I mentioned my son, I guess that triggered like, wait, she's always talking about her kids. And she said, hold up, we've been on the phone all this time. So I just really enjoyed that uh, that relationship. And I feel like when I'm fulfilling orders, I am like fulfilling something that's missing. If you're ordering oils for stress or sleep, I feel good knowing that I'm sending something that's going to help you and assist you with, with those issues. So it's just a beautiful thing. And I, I for anybody listening who is thinking about building a, a brand, not a business, building a brand, just make sure that that brand is a reflection of who you are because the customer will be able to tell the difference. If you're just trying to sell them something versus creating an emotional connection and sharing an experience, there's a huge difference. So for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, well go ahead. Now, yeah. one thing I want to say is I like that you basically, um, you're so open with people as far as the process, you know, not the beautiful part at the end. I take the same approach when I coach high school, you know, football kids. Uh, you know, a lot of times they ask me, what was it like to play in the NFL? What was it like to travel from city to city? And I would always go back, you know, to the process that I went through when I was at Alabama or when I was in high school, when I wasn't the best player, when I was a crybaby, when I couldn't finish the drills, talk about the pain of the surgeries and pressing through when I was like third team. So, those are the type of stories I try to share with, you know, the, the high school football players to let them know that it's not just glamorous at the end. You have to fight to get to what you want. Yes, for sure. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. Make sure you check out Ronnie. All of her information, if you're watching us on YouTube, is listed at the bottom. Uh, I hope that y'all took notes because there were so many good truth nuggets in there. So many good tips. And um, I know that it's going to help people on their journey to just create that generational wealth that they desire. So 
We will see you all in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. And y'all enjoy and have a good day. Again, Ronnie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all.